Thanks for joining us for another episode of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast. You're listening to season three, which is entirely dedicated to all things health and wellness. We've got some really amazing guests lined up for you guys this season, but today, well, today you're stuck with me. I'm your guest for today, your host and your guest. Chad's here too. Yes, I am. Howdy doody. Howdy doody. (laughs) So Chad's going to be actually interviewing me today because this episode is going to be all about my experience in the hospital last year. So that really sucked. Um, But the silver lining in it all is how Chad and I have really focused on getting our health uh, back on track and keeping it a, a main priority. So yeah. really shifted our <laughs> perspective on how important health and wellness is. Yeah. And I think everyone is uh, really interested to hear about your experience. And it was crazy how difficult it was. I mean, isn't that so interesting in life where, you know, at the time it seems excruciatingly painful and and you just think wow this is unreal and then months later or years later you 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 almost forget the severity of how bad it really was because you're not living in that moment at that time and um i think i don't think i'll ever forget that though because it was extremely traumatic but i I get what you're saying yeah and so i think a lot of people are really gonna relate and and appreciate how how difficult this time was for you it was the sickest that you've ever been in our entire relationship and even the sickest you've told me you've ever been your whole life and um yeah i think people are gonna get a lot out of this yeah it's definitely the sickest i've ever been um and so it started it was in may sometime and i don't know how i got it um just i guess how you get any virus uh i just got it and yeah so i don't know how but i started getting really bad pain in my head. And I'm not somebody who suffers from headaches really or anything like that. So it's really uncommon for me to have any kind of head pain or discomfort. So I was having these really strange headaches and then I got a fever. So I just assumed that I had COVID. Obviously everybody had COVID. So I assumed that I had COVID. So I took a at-home COVID test. I think I took a couple and they're both negative. And then um, I decided to go to the hospital because I was like, it was just the weirdest feeling. I don't even know how to describe it. It was like tingling pain in my brain. It was the strangest thing. And I was like, this is fucking weird. So I went to the hospital, which I am not somebody who just goes to the hospital or the doctor. I will literally prolong it and procrastinate as much as I can because who wants to wait who wants to wait in the emergency room for god knows how long while you're in pain like that's the worst part ever you're sick in the ER waiting around around all of these other sick miserable people it's like the worst environment so anyways i end up going to the hospital um did you come with me the first time cuz i went back the second time Yeah, so you went on your own the first time. Okay, I went on my own the first time. I waited in the room for the doctor for so long. I was like lying on the bed because I was was in such pain. 
I wait for the doctor. He finally comes in and he's like, he's like, oh, uh, he gave me a muscle relaxant or something. It was, it was some kind of weird medication. Didn't really look me over. Didn't have much else to say about it other than he thought I just had a headache or a migraine or something. And so anyways, he gives me this medication, sends me home. I get the prescription filled, try it out. And I could not sleep that night. Like I was in severe agonizing pain. It just kept getting worse. My fever kept getting higher and I was getting nauseous. And then I start throwing up. Like I couldn't eat anything. I was throwing up. I, I never, I barely, like, I don't even remember the last time I was that sick or throwing up or anything like that. So I couldn't sleep that night. And I don't remember if I went to the hospital that the same night or no, the so next it was two day. days later. So I just want to put into perspective because, um, so that people really understand the pain, like you were, you had sharp, like you were describing like sharp, agonizing pain in your head every like 10 seconds. Yeah. And you'd be like, ow, ow. Like, and I'm like, what is going on? And yeah, you're it like, felt like someone was stabbing me in the head with a knife like that. It was like the weirdest. I, I don't even know. It yeah. was strange. And, and so you, everything was getting worse. And so that was, it was on a Wednesday that you, um, that you went to emerge the first time. And then now it was Friday, Friday night. And I was like, we got to go back. And you're like, there's no way in hell I'm going back to emerge and doing the Waiting whole thing around. again. And I was like, listen, I'm like, if you have like pain in your head like this, like that's not normal. Like whatever they did the first time was clearly not the correct way of, of handling this. So, um, you know, there's, there's gotta be something else going on. And I, I had to basically drag you, you're like kicking and screaming um to go back to emerge and and yeah you can take over from here of what happened from there but i i felt so helpless and anyway go ahead yeah because obviously the first time i went there they didn't do anything and i thought i was just gonna go sit sit there for hours and then be sent home and they didn't know what was going on so that's why i was really hesitant to go back and then so i went back um they took me in this time, hooked me up to all the machines, did some tests, uh, gave me some medication. I think they, I don't know what they started me off with, but they gave me some pain meds and didn't do shit. So I was just sitting there in really agonizing pain. I couldn't look at my phone because light was like, any kind of screen or light or anything like that was just really bothersome. And so, like, I'm trying to remember everything that happened, but because it's like such a, a blur and then I was on drugs and everything. So I remember they kept trying to give me different levels of pain medication. I guess they start from the bottom, start from the bottom and then work their way up, I guess is how that works. And so that's so what- we, we went in about Friday, 8 p.m. Yeah. And they were giving, and, and this was about two in the morning when you finally- Got in there. Got any type of pain medication that yeah. didn't even really work. They said it was just a, a bit stronger version of, I think, Tylenol or aspirin or something, or Aleve or something, right? Yeah. I yeah. think I think they had to admit <clears throat> me um, in order to give me like stronger medication. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so before they admitted me, they're trying to figure out what is going, what is going on with my- freaking brain and stuff like that so um they i remember before they admitted me into the icu they did a spinal tap is that what it's called spinal tap 
Yeah, but this is that your that's even days. No, no, no. This, this, is, is, this is on the Sunday. You don't remember this. They did they did two of those oh, right. on me because the yeah. first one, the freaking doctor couldn't get the spinal yeah, fluid I out. About that. So this is before they even admitted me to ICU because they wanted to to test my spinal fluid to make sure that I didn't have bacterial meningitis. So I guess they speculated I had some kind of meningitis, but the bacterial kind is the kind that you die really really fast with. So they really wanted to test my spinal fluid quickly um, and see and make sure if, if it was cloudy, then that means you have the bacterial meningitis. And if it was clear, then you have the viral meningitis. So they're doing all these tests. I did so much freaking blood work as well. Um, I hate needles and I can't tell you the amount of times that I had to get my blood taken. It was literally like two or three times a day. It was insane. So anyways, so this doctor is trying to give me a spinal tap, which is extremely fucking painful. Uh, I don't don't know if anyone listening has ever had something similar. I assume an epidural is kind of similar because I know that that goes in your back and in your spine. Um, But yeah, very, very, very painful and uncomfortable. Already in significant amount of pain. And so this doctor couldn't get the spinal fluid. So he keeps freaking poking around in my back and I'm just, oh, just makes my skin crawl thinking about it. And so he couldn't do it. So he tried like a few different spots, needle in and out and couldn't get the spinal fluid. So, so I'm just lying there still in pain and then they decide that they're going to admit me to the ICU. So they're gonna keep me there because they don't know if I have bacterial meningitis, they don't really know what I have at this point. They they haven't diagnosed me yet. But they're speculating, was that when they were speculating I had meningitis? They didn't really know at this point. They're just testing a bunch of different things. So they had to wait till the next day for I think the swelling to go down to, to do the spinal tap a second time? Yeah, they had to wait. Well, they were waiting for the other doctor to come oh, in who okay. was able to do mm-hmm. it better. Um, so, yeah. So, then they admitted me. And then what happened? You went home. Yeah, so they did the first attempt. You went this home. Time was aside. Then, I had to, to work and I had to yeah. do stuff with our stores. And, and so... So yeah, we went on Friday, 8 p.m. They're doing that on Saturday. And then they put you in ICU on, on Sunday. Um, and I wasn't allowed to, to go in there because... For, for a couple days. Yeah, because I had to get a... No, I had to get the COVID test. You had to get the test. COVID test in order to allow me to allow any visitors. Yes, I had mm-hmm. to get the... I had to be negative on the COVID test, which took a couple days to come back. It wasn't It wasn't the rapid one. And the PCR one, yeah. The freaking... Yeah. So I had to be in the hospital by myself, which was awful and scary and in pain as well. So yeah, it, it was, it was really awful. And so I don't know what happened after that. Yeah. So the next day on the Sunday is when they did the spinal tap again. And that's when you told me for the first time that it might be meningitis. Okay. And then, so I put into Google, you know, um, what, what are the signs of meningitis, symptoms, um, you know, forecast and outlook of what that, that is. And one of the first things that comes up is that you can die within like three days. And yeah. I was like, oh, my stomach dropped. Like I, I put this into Google and it's like one of the first things that comes up and I'm like, oh my God, 
Like I, I've never had a feeling of such fear in my whole life. Like it was, it was absolutely terrifying. And then, so I start digging in a little deeper and then I find out that that's the bacterial kind, which is more rare. And then it's the viral kind that, that, you know, everybody has a, a much better chance of survival. And we didn't know at this point. And, and that I, was the I, scariest day was that Sunday because yeah. we, we had no clue which, which one it was. Yeah, and I had not Googled it because I couldn't even look at my phone. Like that my head was so in so much pain that I couldn't even barely look at my phone. I could only look at it enough to like text you back and that's it. So I didn't even research it or anything like that. I don't even remember. I think you were the one that told me about about the meningitis and the symptoms yeah, like, and stuff. Why don't you describe the pain? Because you couldn't even function. No, like I couldn't, like, I couldn't even barely keep my eyes open because like any kind of light, even in a dimly lit room, like was excruciating pain and, and just the weirdest pain. I don't even know how to describe it. It was like this, the strangest feeling in your head, like tingling. I don't know. But it was really awful. And I think that the pain was what was making me extremely nauseous um, because I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't keep anything down. I kept throwing up and I had a, a, fev a fever still. Like the fever was consistent. And, and that's a really uncomfortable feeling too, being like fucking lying in a hospital bed, sweating in so much pain, throwing up. Yeah, I don't know. It was absolutely awful. So anyways, um, I can't remember if they gave me the that medication, that really yeah, strong. So they, um, or they did yeah, they started to do that because you're in, like, so once again, this, I know I'm trying to get you to describe the pain, but I can describe it from a third party watching it. You would sit there and you would go, ow, 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 yeah. every 10 seconds. And then 10 seconds would go by without you saying anything. And you'd be like, ow, 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 ow. And this would carry on every 10 seconds, minute after minute, hour after hour. It was as if you were being like, Attacked. you know, tortured. Like, it felt what like a I was helpless being feeling. Whether I was talking to you on the phone or, or when I was there the first time and I couldn't even be there until the Monday. I remember that Sunday. That was like the, like just one of the worst days ever. Like I felt so helpless. I couldn't go to the hospital. You wouldn't even text me back cause you're in so much pain, which I don't fault you for. And you know, I call the, to talk to the nurses and of course they're dealing with this stuff all the time. So they're giving me really cliche things and nothing against them at all. I mean, they're fantastic for what they're doing. I can't imagine having to deal with, um, you know, providing feedback to so many different patients. And mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you, I understand you get immune to, to some of that, but I would call them and I'd be like, listen, I know you're just giving me like generic stuff, but like, how is she, how is she? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, I couldn't get the answers. And that was the most frustrating thing. I couldn't go there. And then I also couldn't get the answers. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, so, so yeah, so you had the, the second spinal tap done. Um, and, and then they were sending it to London. Yeah, and that one was successful, which is yeah. what we needed to they have happen. They at least happen. got the fluid. Yeah. And they sent it to London because they wanted to test it. Yeah. And we had to wait like three days. We had to something. wait 24 hours for 24 the results. Hours. Yep. And so that was sent to London. So we just had to cross our fingers. It wasn't the bacterial one. And so I talked to one of the nurses and they said, like, listen, it's been a couple of days now. The bacterial one typically, like people deteriorate at really an extremely fast. rapid rate. 
they're like, I can't say for sure, but I'm almost certain that she doesn't have that one because, like, she'd be, like, almost gone at this point. Like, the vitals yeah. would have been, de- like, Yeah, they going said, down. like, it would just hit your vital signs and, and you would just be, like, deteriorating at a, a rapid rate. So, I was like, okay, well, that's good, but she's still in, like, agonizing pain. So, like, isn't that deterioration? Like, I didn't know mm-hmm, what to make true. of that. Um, so the, the spinal tap was luckily successful. Um, and we really needed that to happen because they said in order for them to diagnose you properly, like they needed to get that fluid. Yeah. So, you know, I remember I was just really crossing my fingers, hoping they were able to do that successfully on that Sunday and they were. Um, and, uh, and then they had said that, yeah, that it looked clear. And, and so it's probably a viral type of meningitis. And, um, and so, yeah, I had to wait for the, the COVID test on, on the Monday. I hadn't seen you since I left Friday night in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and you were alone in the hospital for two full days and I had no information. You were in agonizing pain. Like, I didn't know what to do. You didn't know what to do. Like, we didn't know if you're going to make it. Like, it was insane. Mm-hmm. So what was that like for you? Because I, I mean, obviously I'm saying my feelings, but like, what about on your end? Like, you, you were all alone. I mean, like, I I feel like because I was so out of it, like I was so focused on the pain, I didn't even really think about at that point what was going on. Like, I didn't really know what was going on because I was so focused with the pain. Like I said, I didn't Google about meningitis. I I wasn't really able to use my phone or anything like that just because I was in so much pain. So I just... At that point, I really didn't think about anything. I was so focused on the pain and I didn't really know what was going on or what I had or whatever. I just knew that I needed something for the fucking pain because it was so bad. That's right. And then they gave you a drug. What was the drug called again? Dilated. Dilated. Yeah, that's right. Oh my God, I'm so scarred from that. Yeah. So this is a narcotic. It's uh, obviously one that's legal in in hospital settings. I don't know how. Um, And and so anyway, Monday, when I thought you finally got the COVID back, you were negative. I was allowed to visit and I wasn't even allowed to stay overnight. Like the visiting hours were like, what were they? 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. I believe. Yeah. So I can only visit one visitor. 10 to 8, one visitor only. One per um, These day. are COVID rules, obviously. You're not allowed to like come and go And either. I couldn't come and go. So I, I, I had to stay. just stay or if I leave, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. And, and I couldn't if, and your mom wanted to come and it was like, well, if you come, I can't come. So like I'm coming, like, I don't know, right? Okay, let me just tell this part of the story because this is like insane what happened. So they, what, they gave me that that drug that night mm-hmm. right so i was on it was i was on it for like 24 hours before yeah so before you tell that story because that i i know what you want to talk about we'll get to that in a minute we're not quite there yet though okay. right yeah are you just talking Where about the story with your mom yeah yeah okay we can get to that that that's the first day you visited wasn't it yeah so the first day i visited 10 to 8 on the monday um it was the same thing when I left on Friday night. You're like, ah, 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 every okay. 10 seconds. Okay. So oh my God, it. I can't. And like, I'm like, so I'm sitting there, imagine this, sitting there and my wife cannot go 10 seconds without wincing. And I'm not really a wincer. Right. I mean, and I she's feel not like a whiner. I'm she's not, not a I'm complainer. I'm not a whiny little bitch. <laughs> she's not any of that. Like that's me more than it is her. Right. And so I'm like, what's happening right now? She's in ICU and they're in there. She's still in this kind of pain. Like they're not giving her anything. What's going on? And then so they come in and they give her this Dilaudid drug. And so as soon as they give her that, then she would feel better. 
and they would inject it in her leg and oh, that was so painful it was the most painful injection ever yeah Ugh. is that right yeah so and then and then you'd be fine and you could function for like 15 minutes after you got it because it was clearly working yeah and then you would fall asleep you would pass out yeah which i mean in essence was good because you weren't in pain mm-hmm. and then you would wake up after like an hour and then it'd be like, ow 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 again in pain i'm like what's going on and then the nurse would come in and be like yeah like it has like a three hour life we'll give her another one or four hour life whatever it is and then so but that hour like between hour three and four before you were actually because they couldn't give it to you again until the fourth hour mm-hmm. you'd be in agonizing pain like almost like withdrawal whatever it was in that three to four hour range where they were not allowed to give it to you and this would be like a cycle so Mm -hmm. that happened the first time in hours three to four and then in the afternoon like hours three to four after they gave you the second dose before the third one and it was just that and i I, like i it was just cringy just seeing how how much you were suffering And, and i'm like what's going on like this this drug helps but like only for three hours and then like it's just is this ever going to go away long term like what, what's going on like we couldn't get any answers we had no clue what was going on so do you remember any of that like what I was that like for you i don't remember that point um because yeah i think just a combination of the pain and the drug and kind of going in and out and like sleeping partially and stuff i really don't remember that that day when they started giving me that drug <laughs> I remember the days after. Yeah. So anyways, we ended up like getting the... I do remember that that drug was, was helping. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. And I remember it being extremely painful every four hours when they would fucking mm-hmm. inject it into my leg. Yes. It was like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just, you could just feel it. I don't know. They said you weren't supposed to feel it. And it was like the most painful thing ever. Mm. So you can carry on with the story you were saying about your mom now. Yeah, because I don't really remember that day when they started giving me that drug. Um, but I I have never done any drugs before in my entire life. So this is like uh, the strongest drug I've ever been on was like T3s when I got my teeth taken out. So <laughs> and this was like super strong. But I mm. didn't know how strong it was. Did you know how strong it was? No. When they no no you don't know we knew we didn't know we were just like give her anything to stop the pain yeah so and I didn't obviously we didn't know how I was gonna react to this drug I would I just thought that it was gonna be a pain medication uh, just a strong pain medication that makes you feel less pain and maybe be tired and go to sleep anyways so the next day so you had to go home because you had to leave at eight because that's visitor hours end at eight. So the next day I wake up and I just, I literally remember this This is the craziest shit ever. And I wake up and I'm just lying there in the hospital bed. Okay. This is honestly, this drug is, is almost worse than having meningitis because this like really set me off. Like it was absolutely insane. And I was absolutely traumatized after from this whole Just the whole hospital experience really traumatized me, okay? And so I wake up, I'm lying in the hospital bed, and I'm just, I'm awake, and I'm hearing things in the background, okay? You can hear lots of things in the hospital, people screaming, nurses, like, rushing around, stuff like that. And I hear police officers 
and they're talking to the nurses just outside of my room. And I hear them talking about how my husband got arrested. And so I'm like really tripping out. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? They're saying that Chad got arrested. And I'm like, what the hell? And then I I, I hear them play. I swear to God, I remember all these details. I hear them playing back this video recording of, of Chad trying to break into the hospital to come and see me. And he gets into a fight with a nurse. Okay, this is all happening outside my hospital room door. And I'm freaking out because I don't know what the fuck happened. I don't even think to text Chad to be like, because I I was like, he's in jail or he's talking to, he's being arrested or something. So I don't even think to like message him. So I text my mom. <laughs> like, I, t- I don't even call her. I text her. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Chad's in jail. I'm in the hospital and I need you to come help me. I don't know what's going on. So obviously she's freaking out. I don't, I think she must've called me at that point. Cause she, she was freaking out or she probably called you. I don't know. No, she rushed. Yeah. She called me and she, she was rushing work. there. She yeah. left work right away to come to the hospital. This was like five in the morning or four or five in the morning. I wasn't even up yet. You weren't even up yeah. yet. Okay. I don't, I don't even know yeah. what time it was. So anyways, my mom's rushing over. I'm freaking out. I don't know what the hell's going on. And she, I don't even know what happens after this point. Yeah, so I can fill in some of that because I know it'll yeah. be a little bit foggy. So it's just in case anyone's really listening, so, so you when you say you're tripping, you're hallucinating. This I didn't actually happen. I'm fucking tripping. I did not break in the hospital. I did not fight I nobody. Know. Okay, I so know, this but is all I feel like a straight hallucination. It, it was it, so yeah. real to me, so that's why I need to say it like as if it was real because it like I literally remember details of it. And when I found out it wasn't real, I was like, I thought you guys were like lying to me to make me calm down. And I was getting really pissed off because people were talking to me like I was crazy and full. I was, I was literally losing my mind, but I was like aware enough to feel like the nurses and everything were like talking to me. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but I thought it was real. And then they were saying like, they were saying in such a calm voice, like, no, honey, it's not real. And then I thought like, I thought they were like lying to me. Like it was insane. It was so fucking crazy. So anyways, I'm like hallucinating all of this stuff, but in very specific detail that I remember. And then I don't know. I don't even know what happened from there, but you, my mom obviously got a hold of you yeah, to make so sure you I weren't in jail. We're texting or calling and talking. We're like, no, it didn't have you. Like, what? Like, you weren't here? And you know what I mean? So, I, like, I thought I was talking to a different person. I didn't even think you're my wife because you were telling me all these things. And I was like, what are you talking about? I like, couldn't I've, believe that you, know, you were telling me it wasn't real. I was, like, getting angry because I was like, 
I heard it clear mm. as day. It was insane. It's crazy. And so, and I remember, so anyway, we, we obviously were trying to, you know, you, you kind of came to a little bit in the, in the afternoon that day and we were trying to tell you it didn't happen and you had moments, but then you're instilling so much pain. And, and Did so my they, mom come in the oh hospital? Oh yeah, she was in there she right away. You there. brought her in there. She was you, there before I was. But you weren't there. Yeah. You right. came in later. Yeah, I came in after. Because yeah. I wasn't allowed to have two visitors, but they yeah. made an exception. Yeah, they made an exception because you were going crazy. So... So yeah, so I ended up spending the whole day um, there with you, and my mom was there the whole day with me. Yeah, she was there. Yeah, because yeah. we could only do the one visitor thing. They they at didn't time, make an they exception made an at that exception point later that at day. At the end yeah. of the day, when I went, we've yeah. been crazier. Yeah, and then so what happened was so your mom spent the whole day there, and you were just sleeping all. I day. don't even think I talked to her. You slept all, all day, and I was super concerned because I was like, "What's going on?" Like now she was in all this pain. Now she's losing her mind. Like I thought that whatever virus you had was attacking your your mental capacity like i thought mm-hmm. i was going to lose you to like whatever like i literally thought you were suffering brain, permanent brain damage right like this was terrifying yeah i mean it, it, right i can see why you would think like that. i was talking to you earlier in the morning i'm like oh my god i'm losing my wife she's literally losing her marbles like i don't think she's gonna ever come back from this right like unbelievable anxiety just even talking about it now like i get butterflies in my stomach I, I i told chad terrifying. before we did this podcast i did not want to do this podcast yeah so anybody listen to this she's like i don't think people are going to want to hear this i, was like, I don't want I don't, I don't I don't think i'm gonna I'm like they're gonna be like so if anybody listen to this here's this and you want to reach out to her and, and say that you're glad that she mm. told this story you can do so now because she didn't want to do this and i, I said listen people need to hear the story because they don't recognize you know a lot of times in mm. life right people keep these things a secret like everything's all easy and and life's fine and we don't have issues and problems and whatever and like this was a situation yeah this was a, a full-blown situation it was one of the most difficult times of our entire relationship and I'm so blessed and thankful that it is in the past. And, you know, like you said earlier, all the lessons we've learned out of, we can get into kind of the benefits of that near the end. But, but so I, you know, what happened is you slept all day that day. And I then, slept that day, but yeah. I was in and out of hallucinations yeah. that, day. Yeah, that whole day. But I didn't really, I didn't really say anything to my mom, but I, I was, I was seeing yeah. like, cartoon characters on the walls i was seeing things but i wasn't really i think the medication was kind of making me calm so i wasn't really reacting so they pulled the plug on those meds as soon as they know you were you were hallucinating because they're like that's probably standard protocol whatever like when when you were losing your marbles they pulled the plug because my hallucinations early that morning they stopped giving you those meds and i was like well how is she gonna survive three hours of not being in pain when this was the only thing that would like alleviate the pain so you could sleep sleep or whatever so they pulled the plug and for whatever reason the pain stopped thank god but the hallucination kind of carried on for the next worse though you know 24 to 48 hours yeah yeah. So that drug, like, I don't know if it reacted really poorly in my system or I don't, I don't know really what happens with drugs like that. I mean, it's but... an opioid, right? Yeah. So, so anyway, what happened was, so so late, your mom was there all day and then um, around 7, 8 o'clock where, they, where she would have to leave, you were texting me, you're like, Mom, mom's trying to kill me here, right? Yeah. And I'm like, what? 
is going on. She's like, you need to come immediately. Mom's trying to come. So I'm like, I, I can't totally... come. She's the only one that can be there today. We made that decision earlier in the day. Yeah. It was either her or me. And I was going to come the next day. And you're like, well, I don't care. You need to come now. Like, you know, where are you? Where are you? And I, I literally dropped what I was doing because I was so terrified for you. And I knew she wasn't trying to kill you, but I was just terrified that you thought that in your mind. And that was scary for me as your husband. Yeah. So I literally dropped what I was doing. I like sped over there, rushing through stop signs, red lights. And you're like, where are you? Where are you? Where? Every two seconds, you're pounding my phone. Yeah. Are you here yet? Oh my gosh, can you so, kill me? Where are you? Yeah. Like, right? So at that point, that's when I started like really tripping, like more so than even in the morning. I was like really fucking freaking out at that point. Um, and it was like visiting hours were over. My mom was leaving. She had said goodbye to me. She was actually leaving. We had to kick her out. Is that what happened? Yeah. Cause you said she can't be here. She's trying to kill me. I had to kick her out. I know, but it was so weird because like she just, she sat there with me all day and I didn't even really say anything and it was just totally fine all day. And then all of a sudden you thought she was poisoning you. Yeah. I don't know what happened though. Like for me to snap all of a sudden at the end of the day. It, it, it was just really strange how mm. that happened. And then I remember like I, I got up out of the fucking hospital bed. I took off all of the shit that they they had me on those like IVs. IVs. They had the friggin stickers on your chest. Like anything I was attached to, I took everything off. And I was like, like looking down the halls and I was I was hallucinating that like my mom was trying to kill me. Also hallucinating that I was super fucking paranoid. I was super tripping out. Okay. I have the most respect for people that are on drugs now and that they're tripping out. I understand what it's like and it's so scary. <laughs> and so all those homeless people that are outside our store in a London location, I, I feel, I get it. Um, but I not only was having that hallucination, but I also had a hallucination that the doctors in the hospital were, the whole place was going to explode. Okay. And I, I literally remember seeing police officers, which didn't actually happen, but I just, I, I don't know how I visualize these things, but it looked to me like there's police officers in there having a meeting with doctors. And they were talking about, they were telling the doctors that you guys are all going to be arrested because this place is going to explode and like, whatever. I was like, I literally believe that. So anyways, so obviously the nurses know that I'm not hooked up to my shit because they, that's how they keep track of you. Make sure you're lying in your bed properly. So then they come into my room and they're like, they're like, you need to sit down and calm down. And I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck's going on out there? And like, I'm like swearing and like carrying on. And I'm like, I'm like, they're, the police are telling me that this place is going to explode and like, it's totally <laughs> tripping out. I'm like, my mom's going to kill me. I'm like, where's my husband? He better fucking come here right now. Uh, or because I didn't, I didn't know if I could leave. I don't think they would have left me no, leave in that state, but I didn't, I was not <clears throat> under the impression I was allowed to leave. Okay? So this is as I was rushing there. This was happening. Yeah. This whole situation was happening. She's like, she's like, I need, she's like, I need you to just calm down. I need you to put on your, your, all of your fucking, I don't even know what that shit's called. Yeah. The stuff that they stick yeah. to you and your IV and everything. She's like, I need you to lie down. Yeah, they brought like five nurses and it was like whatever yeah. code. Like, you got to get it this lady under control. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was seriously tripping. And then so they ended up letting you in yep. after hours. Yeah, we got your mom out of there. And then I, once yeah. I was there, you calmed down. Yeah. Yeah. Until you didn't again. And then I had another really bad yeah, hallucination. Like an hour later. And so I, I had to try to knock sense into you. And it felt I was like trying I, to tell you yeah. what happened. Yeah. The best the best way to describe this for anyone listening to this from my perspective is that so I sat there with you for the next like overnight. I, st- I stayed there all night. They let me do this. You're not even allowed to do this. They made an exception because they felt that me being there would allow them to obviously have an amicable evening um, because <laughs> like otherwise you were you were losing your marbles. And so... I had to talk to you the whole time as if you were like a drunk person, like just like, no, that's not what happened. And like, I was getting never so seen you like mad this. though, like when people were telling me that this shit wasn't happening because it was so real to me. So I like the nurses would come in and talk to me and I, I would be like, this you're is hearing Disney music, which is really I funny. Also Disney music. Yeah, you're like, do you hear that? They're playing Disney music in my room right now. Yeah. I was like, no, sweetheart, they're not. They're actually not. And you know what? When people <laughs> would tell me that this shit wasn't happening, I would go even crazier yeah. because I was like, you're lying. I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, in this weird, it was real to you, fucking reality, and these people are lying to me, and I can clear as day hear this shit happening, see this shit happening. And the nurses are all coming in saying it's not happening. Chad's saying it's not happening. And I'm like, feel like I'm in this I feel like I'm in a movie of the matrix or something and like the like the shit's happening and nobody believes me and so obviously that makes me really fucking mad (laughs) I was like that was fueling the fire for sure I was getting real angry and frustrated yeah and so you're going in and out of consciousness and sleep and stuff and I was with you there the whole night and um and yeah and then so well they let you sleep on the floor at the hospital which you did and I was, I had the worst hallucination ever at that point, went overnight, yeah. that night. So that was like the plateau. And so, um, yeah. yeah, you basically screamed at the top of your lungs, like a blood curdling scream. I've never heard you make this type of noise in my entire life. It was as if you were, like, you thought you were going to die. You're like, it's happening. Oh my God. Oh my. And you just scream top of your lungs. Every nurse comes rushing in. And I was like freaking out. I'm standing there. I'm shaking. I'm looking at you. And then, and then you would come too. And then everyone's like, okay, it's okay, honey. You're fine. And you're like, no, it's not. I'm dead now. I'm dead now. And you're like, it's <laughs> over. Like it just ended. Like, no. And then the nurse was like, if you were dead, you wouldn't be talking to me. You're not dead. That's just like, like okay. it's crazy. I know. And it, like, listen to this. You, it's like, you can either laugh about it or you can like, I have to be like it's stunned like, and so tr- like, I'm, you know, I mean, it's a bit of both. It's great. Like now I can laugh a little bit about it. But at the time I was like, I'm losing my wife here. She's losing her mind. I don't know if she's ever going to come back. And that's, that was the biggest fear for me. Okay. And so after that happened, you eventually fell asleep. Thank God. Um, and, and so we slept for maybe three hours from like 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. And I had to leave because I had to, to work the next day. And, um, once again, while that was happening and I, while I was freaking out, I was having the most terrifying hallucination that I was literally dying in, but I was there and I was awake and aware and I just felt myself dying. Like, and it was the weirdest fucking thing. And so that's obviously scary and traumatic. 
And then, like I said, on top of that, you have these people that you don't fucking know. These nurses who, by the way, they were very, very nice. I know I'm making it sound like, you know, something, but they were very, very, very great there. The doctors and nurses at the Tilsonburg Hospital were amazing. Um, But it was just a very traumatic experience for me. So, so while I'm having the the worst hallucination that I've ever had that I didn't know was a hallucination because I thought it was fucking real. And then everybody's telling me that it's not happening. When clear as fucking day, it felt like it was happening. And it was extremely frustrating that people were telling me it wasn't real and it wasn't happening because I was feeling it and seeing it happen. It was insane. And so, thank God they let you sleep overnight. And you slept on the floor. Because when I woke up, Mm. I seen you sleeping on the fucking hospital floor. And I was like, I felt so bad at that point. True love right there, folks. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, anyway, the next day, you know, I leave. I come. And so, thank God, you started to kind of recognize this what was happening and, and it didn't escalate from there so that was like the plateau thinking that you're dying blood worst. curdling scream yeah. top of lungs to where you start the fine next day you actually started eating you're coming to the doctor came in they said got, they got the results back from london it seems like some sort of viral meningitis um you know it's it's not um you know anywhere near as negative as we thought it would be your pain had subsided all these things after going it literally was like a peak and valley right so it's like the peak hit you know, you had the pain peak hit the day before that. You had the trip and hallucinating peak hit the night after that. And then the day after that, you were finally starting to come to and you could eat and your pain was was going away. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I think she's coming back. Like, thank God. I was so grateful. The doctor came in. Everything looked good. They wanted to keep you for another few days. Um, you know, uh, you were like, I need to get out of here. You're like, I'm 100% now. And I'm like, I, was like I don't think you are. I don't so know what you think you are. but like, I was trying yeah. so hard to pretend like I was 100% because I was like, I need to fucking get out of here. Honestly, I was, I was, it was such a scary experience for me that I was like, I just, I need to be okay. And I need to get the fuck out of here, honestly. And so... I was so nauseous still. I wasn't feeling good, but I was like, you know what? I don't think they're going to let me leave unless I eat, unless I go to the bathroom, unless I try to act like a normal fucking human being. So I better do all of the things. Exactly. And so, so, yeah, that's the so, only reason why I was trying to eat the god awful hospital food, which when you're nauseous is not really a good thing to be doing. But I thought they weren't going to let me leave unless I did. So I tried my best. Yeah. And I couldn't believe um, that it was starting to get better. I was so thankful. Um, doctor said everything was good. You started to like, it, it was like, I can't believe how you went from like the worst, like the worst I've ever seen you, the worst pain, the worst hallucinate to to being like feeling so much better in a matter of like a day or two. Mm-hmm. I was like, this has been like, I felt like I've been on the roller coaster ride of my life. Mm-hmm. Like this week is like what just happened, right? And so we ended up getting you out of the hospital, I think two days later. And and we thought, okay, I'm like, what do you want to do? What do you want to eat? What, do you, what are all the things you want to do? And you're kind of starting to feel much better mentally. Um, and we thought like anything, you know, you, you get over sickness, you're going to be fine within a couple of days. And for the next two weeks, you did not eat food 
because of the aftermath of this. You can no. only drink those boost um, I was still nutrition chocolate milk drinks. Yeah. And you literally did not eat food for two weeks and slept all day at home for two weeks. This lasted an entire month, Mm -hmm. not just the week in the hospital. So why don't you talk a little bit about that before we... Yeah, so when we got out of the hospital, I was obviously like really excited to get out of the hospital and go home. And I wanted to like just get back to my normal life obviously i'm like okay i want to like work on things i want to go to starbucks i want to eat sushi i want to do all of my normal things because i just got out of jail basically and so chad's like well whatever you want to do we'll go do it whatever and I, I had no energy to, or no desire well i had the desire i had no energy to be able to do anything I, my body was so weak I was One day still... we went, I was like, let's go for a walk around the block. And we went up to the top of, like, we went like five houses down on the street. And, and you were walk. like gasping out of breath. Your heart rate was through the roof. And we had to turn around and come back. You couldn't even walk like down the street. No, I couldn't even walk down the street. It was really hard to walk up and down our stairs at home. Like, I just, I couldn't even like move you around slept on properly. the couch for two weeks. Yeah, I slept on the couch. I couldn't, I just couldn't move. My body was like... I think a combination of the actual meningitis sickness combined with the really strong drugs that they had me on, not just the hallucination drugs, but they also had me on antiviral drugs, um, some really strong shit to get rid of the meningitis. So my body was like weak, extremely weak state. So I couldn't even walk up and down the street. And yeah, my heart rate was like through the fucking roof just from walking up and down the stairs. And I had to be in dark rooms. My head was, though the pain was much better, it wasn't 100%. And I still felt the weird tingly feelings and everything like that. And I was so tired and I couldn't eat anything. So yeah, thank God you found... I don't know if it was the pharmacist or the doctor that suggested Yeah, they recommended to do those so you can get some nutrients in you if you couldn't actually stomach any food. Yeah. So, yeah, for the next, like, entire month, I couldn't even barely walk. And, yeah, it it was just awful. And not only that, but I was extremely traumatized from the hallucinations for a long time, for yeah, months Yeah, because you never after. did drugs. I mean, you I drank, but you drugs. never, like, there was no, nothing other than just, you know, no, drinking. Right? I had and never been not even out, of back my, in the day. Yeah. out of my mind like that at any point in my life. And <laughs> I'm a control freak, so that's actually why I've never done drugs, because I don't like the idea of not being able to be in control of my body and my thoughts. Mm. And so... That's exactly what happened. And so that was like probably just as bad as having meningitis was the hallucination. Like that that's up there with it because like I said, it felt extremely real and it was hard for me to go to sleep like and think about it because I I remembered it, you know. If at least if you're going to hallucinate, you'd think you would not even remember it. When you do drugs, do you remember it after? Yeah, I mean. Oh my God. Like that's yeah, the so, worst part. So yeah. Because so that's what wanna... I thought about. I couldn't even go to sleep for the next like three months after. I was, yeah, my body was getting stronger and stuff. But mentally, I was so 
fucked up from that. And I remember talking to my friend Vanessa, who had also had an experience in the hospital, and she was also on some really strong drugs, and she actually had very similar hallucinations um, herself, like really traumatic things. She had to go to therapy for that, and I needed therapy from this because it was extremely traumatic when it feels like it was real happening like how do you just forget that and it was like you're it was basically like living your worst nightmare and you're living it and it feels real everything feels real it's fucking scary and i didn't even know anything like that existed it was so crazy so yeah i don't know where else to go from there hopefully this podcast has <laughs> contributed fucked. to your therapy as well as difficult as i know it was yeah. for you to do and i know you didn't want to do it and i know a lot of people hearing this are gonna relate to it are gonna get a lot of value out of it and <clears throat> i'm just so happy to see you fully recovered and like i said there were so many times where i thought i was losing my wife both physically and mentally and it's so awesome to see you back it's so awesome to know that you didn't have any long-term effects at least from what i've noticed you know you feel great you know no mental um you know negative impacts since then thank god and um and yeah so from that point forward it really kick-started our our health journey like we had always kind of dabbled in wanting to be healthier and and work out a little more eat better a little more often yeah we were kind of doing that a little bit like we were doing that for the last few years like you know, here and there, not really like super seriously, but like more so than the average person, I would say. But this really put it into perspective of how important it is, how important your health is, first of all, because I don't ever want to have to be in the hospital ever again if I can fucking help it. And, you know, even even though you can't prevent everything from happening, like sickness or, or breaking an arm or a leg or something like that, like at least if you're in the healthiest state you possibly can be in, you'll recover much quicker and better. So that in, in and of itself is a, a great enough reason to really take this seriously. That was the... so. Yeah, definitely hear that part loud and clear because that was one of the biggest things that we got coming out of that is that, okay, listen, obviously nobody's immune to sickness, Mm -hmm. but if we do everything within our control, once again, saying you're a control freak, which I know you are as your husband, Mm -hmm. um, you let's, let's figure out like so many times in life, it's like, well, what's outside of my control and what's within my control and doing everything we can from a health perspective is within our control what happens from there is not but if we position ourselves right it's like if you build a uh you know a hurricane or tsunami you know preventative measure you're gonna have less impact when that you know what i mean so this was kind of the ideology is that like we let's let's make sure we're eating primarily plant-based foods and we're getting the sleep we need and we're working out as much as we can and we're doing meditation and and you know all these wellness things not that, drinking alcohol and not drinking alcohol absolutely that's just you know um glamorized poison and and so all these things if we do that we're either gonna not get sick as, as often much. and if we do get sick it won't last as long yeah. So is that worth it? After I, what I just seen happen with you, do I want to go through that? Mm-hmm. Do I want, like, I don't want my worst enemy to go through. Like, that mm-hmm. was horrific. Yeah. So 
seeing that was like, hell no. Like if there's ever a reason that we needed, it's now. Like before, like you said, just kind of dabbling, all less drinking or less fast food or less, you know, working out just here and there or, you know, going to sleep on a regular schedule, you know, one week here and not the next. Hell no. Mm -hmm. We took it super seriously and we've continued that momentum, which is fantastic. And knock on wood, like I'm somebody who's obviously like hyper extreme about these things. Yeah. And like I literally have not got sick, knock on wood, knock on wood. Um, in like what once in our entire over 10 years we've been together, like I don't get sick. I don't get sick yeah, every and you think about this, okay? Like obviously there's some some luck to that that I'm grateful for, but at the same time, I mean, you know people listen to this they they have they work at different places you know sally she's always sick she's not the healthiest in the world billy you know this guy you look at he's not a healthy looking dude and he's yeah. he's sick it's like you know it's not that part's not luck it's like you you need to be proactive you yeah. need to take control and now once again i mean it's it's like anything you're just increasing the percentage mm -hmm. of you either not getting sick getting sick less often or the sickness lasting for a shorter duration exactly. so it's not to to wipe it off the table completely but if you're not doing everything in your power then you're just you're you're rolling the dice it's like russian yeah. roulette like and so this is where we that's the the thought process that we thought it was like okay we can't prevent it entirely, but why are we not increasing our odds as much as possible? Because like I said in a previous podcast, when someone is sick or someone is not sick, sorry, they have a million dreams and goals in life and aspirations. But when someone is sick, they have just one only. Yeah. And that's to feel better, right? Exactly. And so if you think about that, whenever, anytime you've been sick, you get out of the sickness, you're like, oh my God, like the only thing I want is just not to be sick. And it's like, you can't, what more motivation do you need? Right? Like if that, like it's like desperation mode when you're sick. Like Big time. I hate that feeling. And, and thank God I, I don't get sick often, barely ever. And I feel very blessed, very fortunate. But at the same time, I'm doing all these proactive things yeah. um, to, to increase my percentage. So yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, nothing, nothing really opened my eyes more than that situation. So that's why we've really stepped it up in all areas of health and wellness to, yeah, like you said, put the odds in our favor, at least, you know, and make the frequency of getting sick and the severity of it, hopefully much less because... Yeah, nothing nothing else matters. When I was sick in the hospital, I didn't give a fuck about anything else. I didn't care about the business. I didn't care about literally nothing except for feeling less pain and getting better and getting back to my normal life that I love. So, yeah, it was absolutely insane. And I never really felt... A sense of not caring so much about other things in my life and because those other things don't actually matter unless you are healthy and taking care of yourself because why would they matter if you died they wouldn't matter <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah and that's where we adopted this year um the whole if you died next week would this matter so i love that question yeah write that down if you died next week 
would this really matter? So I feel like people lead with intention. I feel like people say that sometimes, but they don't actually know right. what it's like mm-hmm. to, to actually feel that way. So unfortunately, I think a lot of people, you know, they say that, but in order for them to actually truly feel that and make a change and make a difference in their life, then unfortunately, they're going to have to experience something that yep. brings them down like that. That's right. So yeah, hopefully you we have saved you from having to wait for the traumatic event in your life to make a change and just simply hearing this story is giving you motivation to to say you know what i yeah i agree and enough's enough and let's make it happen i hope so because yeah if you don't have your health you have absolutely nothing so i think that's pretty much yeah all we have to say about that but so good for you i just want to say um, good on you for doing this. I know mm-hmm. how uh, difficult it was and I know you didn't want to do it. And I know people um, are going to be really appreciative that you did share that type of vulnerability because reliving that and describing those details in, in very explicit terms, um, that's not easy. Yeah, I had to spend the last, you know, nine months or so since that happened, just reminding myself that the hallucinations were not real. And that's how I kind of what am able to talk about it now. But because they felt so real, I I honestly was confused, and I was like, I don't know if they're if that that was real or not. And I literally, even three four months after, I wasn't sure, and I was like so confused because I felt thought that they're real. So I just had to keep reminding myself that that wasn't real. And honestly, the the drugs and the hallucination from that is what like scarred me the most. I would say so. Good on you. Yeah. Good job. But I feel much better now. And we're taking our health way more seriously and doing all the things. So my energy's back to even better than it was before. My diet's way cleaner, working out way more, and I feel way ha- more happier and fulfilled. So I love that. It's, it's fantastic. A happy, it's a happy ending so far. <laughs> exactly. And that wouldn't have happened had that not went, we went, not went through that, no. which is fantastic. And that's, that's the thing you look back on and these types of things in life and you go, you know, had that not happened, um, that, that wouldn't have catapulted the degree at which we have yeah. made these changes. Exactly. Yeah. So I think we'll end it right there. Thank you guys for listening and we will talk soon. Bye.